Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. As we begin this Advent season, we, we gather together around the theme, What Child Is This? And as you'll see in our Sundays of Advent, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, all of the texts are going to be taken from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. And what Isaiah does is he, he reveals different aspects of who this child is, this one that we come to celebrate. Today we listen from Isaiah chapter 7. This year is going to be different. This is finally going to be the year when I am not going to allow the December craziness to consume my life. This is going to be the year when the hustle and bustle are going to be left away from me and I am going to finally achieve what I say I'm going to do every year. This is going to be the year when I am going to be fully present in the moment. I don't know if you've actually said those words, but my guess is on a regular basis, when the rush from Thanksgiving being done and then looking towards the Christmas celebration and the rush and all of the, the different parties that come about or the school events come about or the shopping lists that need to be checked off or the getting the home ready for company or you name it, there's always the sense that this is going to be the year that I'm not going to get caught up in all that extra stuff. It's just going to be me and my God. And I'm going to be present. Present for my kids, present for my family, and I'm going to be remembering what the reason for the season truly is, and then we don't. I bring this up because the idea of being present, of drawing near to Christ, it is such an incredible concept, but so hard to do. But today I want you to take this with you. God wants the exact same thing. God on his to-do list says, I want to be very present in the lives of those who come to worship me. So much so that I want my presence to be the greatest present that they have and so what does he do? He reminds us of what he did to accomplish that. You see, what child is this that we gear up to celebrate? He is the God who is near, present in our lives. And Isaiah reminds us of just what that means. I'm going to read to you now from Isaiah chapter 7. It's honestly a very challenging section to read and to work through until you get to the very end. So bear with me as you listen to some political intrigue that is going on at the time of Israel. And I'll take some moments after I read it to explain the setting. But Isaiah chapter 7, verses 1 to 14. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah... King Rezin of Aaron and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. 
Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son Shear Yashub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. Say to him, Be careful. Keep calm and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. Aram, Ephraim, and Remaliah's son have plotted your ruin, saying, Let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen, for the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. It's the word of our Lord. Now my guess is as you were listening to this section, you're trying to sort out what's going on. It truly is just an amazing mess that has happened in the history of the nation of Israel. And so, Just to kind of summarize what those initial verses are all about is you have here the time of Israel, but they're referred to as Judah, under the control of King Ahaz. And we don't need to make a a top 10 list of the worst kings of Israel, but if we did, Ahaz would probably be number one. He would go down as being one of the most despicable non-Christian kings that biblical Israel had ever seen. And you could read about the things he did. He thought it was fun to promote idolatry in every facet. He wanted to cover all his bases, and so he implemented systems of syncretism where they would take different religions and try to mix them all together with the idea of covering yourself. He got so desperate at one time that he is one of the kings of Israel that actually practiced child sacrifice as he sacrificed his son to the false god Molech. Yeah, he's a winner, this king Ahaz. And where is he now? He is fretting because as he looks up to the north, he realizes that the northern part of Israel, along with their friends at the time, Aram, They are on the attack, and they are about to destroy Jerusalem. And so King Ahaz, this wicked king, godless in every way, 
he goes out to the most vulnerable part of the city, the aqueduct, the source of fresh water, and he looks up to the north and he's wondering, when will the end come? And it's to that situation that God sends Isaiah to talk with King Ahaz. You have to think that King Ahaz at this moment was not feeling very connected to God. He certainly was feeling very distant from God. He knew that he had rejected God. He knew that he hadn't put into play any of the things that the Lord had said in the Old Testament. And yet now he is looking to the north and thinking, I am an island. I am standing by myself. I'm feeling very distant. I have no protection. You can imagine him shaking as he's described, just as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. And yet what does God want Ahaz to know? He wants Ahaz to know that he is a God who draws near. A God who comes near. And so this is how God wanted Ahaz to know how near he would become. He made sure that Ahaz knew that God's presence was there in three different ways. He says, Isaiah, go to him. And you know who Isaiah is. Isaiah is the prophet of God. Isaiah is the presence of God. And so what does he say? I want you to go to him so that he knows that I am near. And so Isaiah's simple presence is showing Ahaz that for all of his sins and all of his faithlessness, God was still drawing near. And if that wasn't enough, did did you hear who else went with Isaiah? His son. But it wasn't just any son. It was a son who had been given a very specific name. You heard his name as being Shear Yashab. What that name means is a remnant will return. And so what was he doing? He's saying, bring your son as kind of a, an illustration. Because when Ahaz sees you and proof of a remnant returning, he will know that God has not abandoned him. He will know that there is going to be a next generation for Judah. And then, of course, there is the very word that Isaiah spoke when he came before Ahaz and he said, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. And then he calls the enemies of of Judah smoldering trees or smoldering wood, stubs of firewood that are going to burn out. They won't have their day. So this is the political background here. You have God coming to, in Isaiah, coming to Ahaz and saying, I am a God who desires to draw near. And this is nothing new. Because I don't want you to put yourself in Ahaz's shoes. I do want you to put yourself, however, in the shoes of all of the people of the Old Testament who were confronted with rough moments and times of uncertainty and think through how God would constantly draw near to them. Whether it's from Adam and Eve to Abraham to Moses to King David, to the prophets living in the time of the kings. 
they all are reminding us that at times we feel so distant from God, which is obvious because sin has separated us from him. That's exactly how sin is described in the Old Testament. Sin is a barrier that separates us from our God. And when you're separated, you start to feel distant, lonely, removed. You're out of the picture. And yet time and time again, what does God do? He draws near. Because he's not content to watch us sail off into the future without having him by our side. And so it is with Ahaz, this, this wicked king who had given up on God, but God says, I will not give up on you and I will not give up on my promise to be with the nation of Judah. And so what about you? Do, do you feel distant from God right now? And it might be that you're even here in a church where God's word is present and yet because of situations in your life, whatever they might be, you feel like God has actually abandoned you. You feel like this is going to be the worst Christmas season ever because it's the first year without fill in the blank. What is it that you don't have that you feel like would make you happy and the fact that you don't have it means that you think God has abandoned you? Is it a little less of a salary because the job shifted on you? Is it your relationship having gone south? And you can't imagine how God would have allowed that to happen. Is it family turmoil that's getting you down and down and you feel so distant? Or are you simply lonely? And you're waiting for God to bring that group of people or that special person into your life so that you can, you can feel loved again? You see, we know what it is to feel distant. And we have a God who says, I want to draw near. But in order for us to understand what that means, we have to continue on in this section from God's word because... Ahaz gets the very thing he wants. He gets the assurance from Isaiah himself that God will not abandon him, has not abandoned him, will draw near and will protect them. But you know what Ahaz then does? He stops listening. You see, Ahaz, all he was interested in was the political salvation of the nation at that time. But God had such a bigger plan in mind. He was looking at coming near in such a grand scale. It's kind of like when you open up your presents on Christmas morning, and you open up the first one, and you can't imagine it would get any better, and so you leave the other ones unwrapped? Isaiah had just told Ahaz that the Lord would be near and would take care of the nation at that time, but then the Lord spoke to Ahaz and said, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. The Lord was, was anxious to bring Ahaz back into that spiritual relationship with him. And Ahaz said, I will not do it. He was separating himself from God once again. But what God wanted Ahaz to have 
he still gave to the rest of the world. He said, I am seeing eternity on the scope. And it's not just saving Judah from Aram at this time. Rather, I want to save the entire world from what separates them from me. I want to provide a savior for sin. And so I will be the God who will draw near. I will give you a sign whether you ask for it or not. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And you're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now we get to the heart of the problem, don't we? He's so much bigger than having political stability. So much more important than having a clean water source was getting to the heart of what it is that separates us from our God. And God says, I will draw near. And so we are here many, many years into the future and we've seen the story play out because these famous words from Isaiah we hear every year because they are brought up once again in the Matthew reading because we know that the child that is born in Bethlehem is the fulfillment of Emmanuel. What child is this? He is the God who draws near. The God who is going to bridge the gap between our sinfulness and divine perfection and say, I will take the sin upon myself so that my people can draw near to me again. God is with us in Christ. So go back to you feeling distant from God. Do you know what I wish I could tell you right now? Do you know what I could wish I could tell you on this, this Christmas season when you want to be present and you want to, to have a month of peace and you want all the, the challenges and trials to go away? I know that's what you long for. You want to have the Christmas season that, 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 that's going to be different from all the others. It's going to be the one where there's peace at home. And you're not bickering with your spouse. You want to have that Christmas season where you can get all the meals prepared and nothing will go wrong and the children aren't fighting either and the boss appreciates who you are and I want to be able to say that you're going to, not going to get sick and you won't get the bad news from the doctor and so what I wish I could tell you is that God has drawn near and all of that stuff will be done. But I can't. Because scripture doesn't talk that way. But what it does say is even better than that. It says that when you find yourself at odds with your spouse, and when you feel underappreciated at work, and when you cry yourself to sleep at night because you're lonely, you have a God who is near. And you can count on it. Emmanuel, the fulfillment of Isaiah's words, has arrived. And we gear up to celebrate Christmas. We are reminding what we get. God who is near, who has removed the burden of sin and allows us to push forward in a sinful world with our eyes set on eternity. That's what we have. And so I want you to be present this holiday season.
this Christmas season. But if you're not able to do that, if you do find that you are getting caught up once again in all the stresses and the trials and the challenges, then simply remember this. God was successful. He was present. He is present in Emmanuel. He is the God who is all so near. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.